0: Starts rattling your bones, it's time to get excited, because it's time, wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC, your downloadable commentary for the week, delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free, thanks to our sponsor this week, Away. Away brings the show to you, DLC, of course, the show, all about games and their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, that's spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy whose games always go to triple overtime, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello,
1: Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello, everybody. And, um, no happy or sad crying from me in this episode but i will say holy moly i am absolutely blown away by everybody who has contributed thus far to the saint jude fundraiser um you guys knocked it out of the park uh everybody Thank knocking so.
0: continue to knock it's not over
1: right <laughs> it's not over it's not over we are currently sitting just shy as of we're recording this just shy of four thousand dollars
0: Woo! already beat your last year's uh total that's amazing
1: it is amazing and because I want to now I'm getting like we can we can do it if we hit 5k this week 5k this week because I'm playing a bunch of retro games on my streams um, I'll give away a Sega Genesis mini so it doesn't matter what least. dollar amount you enter us only blah 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 uh, but enter, I'll get it set up address stuff like that um, I'll be doing that right after this show so
0: <laughs> yeah you can win stuff but even better than that you can help. Yes. Fight cancer in children, which is which is you know, wonderful and 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 uh a worthwhile cause if there ever was one. And I'm so so proud of you for doing this, for spearheading this. And um it, you know, it's it's great that we can publicize it here on this show. But tell people how they can find it if they didn't hear last week's episode.
1: Yeah, I have an easy link on my website, Christianspicer.com. It's right there on the top. All of your donations go to Saint Jude and Tax Deductible, all that good stuff. And you and I have a friendly wager going with uh between our our basketball teams so got real interesting this weekend got real interesting turned into a series it became a series so either way it's it, you know it's it's win-win hopefully the warriors still lose right i mean that's not my position but it is win-win <laughs> it is win-win
0: um i also have my own little quick thing at the top here it's not as nearly as important as as you know raising money to fight cancer and kids but uh, I'm so pleased that everybody that has has taken the time to check out my new show, Dungeon Run, which is my Dungeons & Dragons live play show that I talked about a few times on this show. Uh, our second episode is out. It runs every Wednesday night uh, on caffeine.tv slash the Dungeon Run. Um, it's 6 p.m. Pacific time that we stream for about three, three and a half hours and it's been a blast. the The response has been overwhelmingly positive. And now it's on YouTube and available as an audio podcast. So anywhere you get this show, you can get uh, the Dungeon Run. If you search for my name or you search for the Dungeon Run, uh, you can find that as an audio podcast. If you you know don't want to sit in front of YouTube for three and a half hours, or you can watch it. There's some really cool visual stuff. There's an animatronic Mind Flayer puppet. There's some really awesome models and and uh, just an awesome set and and stuff the production is really high quality. So, uh, thank you to everybody that's watched. I've gotten just the best feedback of really any project I've ever launched. People are just flipping out over it, which is pretty amazing, but I really want more people to see it. I'm very proud of it. And I think it's going to, we're going to go to some really cool places. Episode three this week is going to be awesome. So, um, thank you everybody's watched it. And I hope if you haven't watched it yet, you'll, you'll check it out.
1: It's, it's real good. And I will second the, uh, comment that the miniatures and the builds, uh, there's like a, a sideways tower, no spoilers. Um, it all looks absolutely incredible. And, you know, I guess the Dungeon Master's like pretty hot also, you know. <laughs> Thanks.
0: All right, enough preamble. Uh, let's get into the show. And we have an awesome guest who's been sitting patiently listening to us ramble on. Uh, you know the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, oh, man, I'm excited because DLC stands for director who love cats, because we have freelance art director, video games writer, and self-confessed cat lover, our friend, Mr. Aaron Morales, is back with us. Hey, Aaron.
2: Hey, guys. I'm so, so happy to be back, and I'm not going to say that I left PR just so I could do this podcast, but I'm also not going to say that. <laughs> You're not going to
0: not say that. <laughs> not going to not say that, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, I'm so glad. Yeah, the last time we spoke, you said it might be the last time because you were you were- crossing the aisle and you're going into pr but now uh thankfully yeah, yeah. we have I, you back on our side <laughs> i, I cross back <laughs> <laughs> well awesome uh we have tons to talk about it's been some interesting news this week and some really cool games to get to so let's uh start the show the way we always do with story of the week story of the week it's the story of the week King. story of the week it's the story of- Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. And you can always submit stories for our consideration by visiting our subreddit at 5 5 dlcredditcom or by sending us an email at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Aaron, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week?
2: Well, this this is kind of the one that just tickled me the most was the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer and the uh, very strong Internet reactions to it. Um, I would love to hear what you guys think of it. And then also about the kind of news that they're actually going to respond to all of this criticism <laughs> that it got.
0: Yeah, it's weird. So Sonic the Hedgehog is coming out. It's a big star studded movie. Jim Gene- Carrey is going to be um, Dr. Robotnik, I guess, in it.
1: James Marsden. Yeah, James Marsden. Yeah, Cyclops oh. is the police officer, the human sidekick. Sonic is voiced by Ben Schwartz of, uh, I guess, John Raffio fame, perhaps, but also yeah. helped design the sound and voice for BB-8. The guy is a comedic, uh, dare I say, genius. I yeah, he's he is hysterical. The talent is all there, right? Yeah, it seems like they co- they got a bunch of A-list people to
0: to do this and. Uh, they were at, I guess, CinemaCon or one of them. They, they had the entire cast and they were all talking about how excited they were to be a part of it. And we see the first trailer and it, it went over like a lead balloon on the Internet. You know the Internet. You know how the Internet is uh, fast to react, fast to react, fast okay. to overreact, Might you might say. But there was most of the criticism was reserved for the look of Sonic the Hedgehog himself, which is, let's say, quite a departure from the video game. <laughs> Uh, Just sort of in size and shape and also in its anthropomorphized face, which uh, I think rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Aaron, what did you think about that? Did you cringe when you saw the trailer or are you giving this the benefit of the doubt?
2: I, I think the trailer is fine. I mean, it looks like a movie that is for kids or maybe, you know, people our age who grew up playing Sonic and then want to take their kids to see it. And, you know, it, it's fine in that regard. But I, I, I kind of can't believe that they whiffed on Sonic's character design so much. I mean, he just doesn't look he didn't look right. <laughs> you know, like- He looks like a, a guy in a suit that you would f- like go to a theme park and see
0: or like a bad Halloween costume that they sell in a bag, you know, yeah. a bit.
2: Yeah, and it's like, you know, if you're a longtime Sonic fan, as I am, um, it's a borderline abusive relationship. Like, we've been <laughs> through so many ups and downs. It's two steps forward, two steps back. Um, you know, it's such a great return to form with Sonic Mania, like, two years ago. But then that same year, they released Sonic Forces, which was just another terrible 3D Sonic game. And um, I don't know if you guys saw, Sega posted some pretty bad financials this year. Mm -hmm. And they are talking about refocusing on their core IP. So I I feel like they really need this Sonic movie to kind of, you know, remind people why they like Sonic and having him look like a Halloween costume is probably not the way to go. So I think it's really interesting that they're actually responding to this criticism.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the biggest news point that uh, Jeff Fowler, the director, actually came out on Twitter and said, quote, the message is loud and clear. You aren't happy with the design and you want changes. It's going to happen. Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making this character the best he can be. So this movie has a hard release date of November. One would assume that a lot of the CG work, you know, Sonic, despite looking a bit like somebody in a costume, it is a fully CG character. You would assume that that's a lot of work and time consuming and that most of that has been either completed at this point or at least you know in the pipeline at a with a certain look and feel that they've shown in the trailers going back to the drawing board and reimagining the character throughout its entire film you figure sonic is going to be in a lot of shots in this movie this seems like a really crazy thing and my question to you aaron is it good it, it you know we had this whole dust up about uh sekito just recently about oh artistic vision. and Brian Altano had a great tweet where he said, you know I guess uh, honoring the artist's vision only matters when it's uh, you know a from software game, not when it's a, a movie. Um, and I, I kind of feel like is this the internet drunk with power? Is this a good thing that we can sort of as a mob say we hate and you'll change? How do you feel about that?
2: I, I mean, I don't want to take it too seriously because it, at the end of the game, at the end of the day, it's a, you know, movie based on a video game. But right. like, I think as long as they give the artists enough time and pay them enough, then I think it's, I'm all for it. Um, did you see the, um, one of the art the artists at Sucker Punch did like a quick, yeah, uh, yeah and I was like, poster. oh, look, that looks like Sonic. Yeah. It's
0: amazing. <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah. How does yeah, it, it's pretty s- remarkable. If you haven't seen it, it's basically the exact it's this poster with a bunch of missiles kind of being shot at at Sonic. And he took the the one that they put out, which is the kind of ridiculous looking you know, guy in a costume looking one and made it into what we all would recognize as Sonic from the video game. And it doesn't seem like it was that difficult, so I don't know.
2: <laughs> I mean, granted, it's a still, but yeah, yes, right, right. <laughs> but it de- it definitely seems more in keeping with the, the the character that we know and you know love or hate. Yeah, <laughs> his legacy and his look. Um, you know, it's it's and it, it's more modern Sonic. It's not like the pudgy two uh, D Sonic of Genesis days, but um, it's at least recognizably um the Sonic. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
0: Christian, what do you think, man? It, it, for a, a movie to be successful, every single person that's ever played a Sonic the Hedgehog game would probably need to bring a friend. <laughs> you know what I mean? like Or five. Uh, it, it, the, the audience that gets upset about how Sonic doesn't look like the Sonic we all know is a drop in the bucket for what a big budget Hollywood film wants to reach. Is it good that that vocal audience has this kind of pull on the look and feel of a beloved character or is, is it disturbing to you?
1: It's, it's both. And I, I think <laughs> it's, I think it's, um, we, uh, are a victim of our own successes, uh, or of social media. Um, and everybody having a, a, a thought that can be, listened to to, yeah yeah. sent to the most important person you know like they there's a chance now they will see it um and marketing plays up that as well you know they really use that stuff they lean into that stuff they use social media to get audiences hyped and excited about things and so the flip side of that is is this right i mean if you can send in like what are some of the famous campaigns to save tv shows like sending paper clips to whatever you know or like these big tweet campaigns or change.org campaigns and things like that, where you see, um, things get changed because of fan passion. And it's like bringing back a show or something like something that I think people would say universally is, is good. Um, you see it for things like this also. And so I think it's hard to live in a culture where we listen sometimes and, and not others when we position ourselves as, uh, you know, leaning into that. And I think even studios, you know, we've all seen the move. Well, you haven't Jeff, but the rest of us have seen the movie trailer where it's like incredible. And then it's like some random person on Twitter, <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. the the PR leans into that and finds the things to source the things and whatever. So I, I understand it. I think, um, I think to echo what Aaron said, I hope people have enough time to do this, to make these changes. And I think also they've opened a can of worms in that I don't think just uh, connecting Sonic's eyes will be enough, you know, like a yeah. subtle change where it's like we added the white space. Now his eyes are one big eye. Like you expect we did it. I think um, people are expecting clo- something closer to that sucker punch um edit. And, and the director of director uh, detective Pikachu had some comments. I think it was on Vox where I read it. And he's like, we couldn't redo the look of our characters because our actors performances would be way off. Like I line, everything changes. He's like, I don't envy mm. what they're doing with Sonic. It sounds very hard. And yeah. I can't, I can't imagine, you know, redoing all this. Like it's one thing and to Photoshop a picture or, or to edit a still picture, but to do that for a movie, you're doing that in every single frame <laughs> and yeah. animating it. It's uh a tall task and one I hope they pull off, but I wouldn't hold your breath. If you're counting on a a classic, you know, Sonic portrayal coming to this movie. Suddenly,
0: I guess my feeling is that if you, as the creative team behind this endeavor felt passionate about the thing you made, you wouldn't listen. You know, if you really believed in your changes to how Sonic looked it you wouldn't be phased by because people had the same backlash for a lot of things over time. You know, Michael Keaton as Batman just recently, Will Smith as the genie. People went, "What? That looks so dumb." Disney went, "I don't care. We're Disney. We're gonna. You're gonna like it. You're gonna go see it." Uh, but
1: that's a bigger change, though. Too, they can't. I mean, he's been paid millions of dollars. He's been cast as this they're not saying they're changing the actor playing sonic right no they're,
0: i don't think it was don't don't make will smith the genie it was uh he looks goofy and blue uh, but you notice all the all the posters now he doesn't look as he doesn't blue look anymore. blue <laughs> yeah um but uh i don't know it, it feels to me like it's more indicative of lack of confidence in the thing they've made than anything else uh to say yeah, you guys are right. Uh, we didn't even notice how weird his teeth look. <laughs> yeah, nobody mentioned it in the meetings. You know, like we it, we needed you, the internet, to point it out. We we didn't we couldn't tell on our own, or maybe they were fighting for that, and somebody was like, no, 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 and then you know they they got the backing of the internet. and They're like, look, now we can make the case. Thank goodness. Who knows what the backstory is, but it doesn't bode well for the quality of this movie to just be like, yeah, no, we'll change it because you guys don't like it. I don't know. It
2: doesn't make me feel good. I'm, I'm rooting for it. I want the movie to be good. I just love that a week after you had uh, Blake Harris on the show that we have Nintendo and Sega facing off again in another console war. Movie wars.
0: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week?
1: I mean, I, I think that is the biggest story of, of this week. If I were to um, pick, be able to have my my pick. I know what yours is going to be, uh, Jeff. So I will. I, yeah, I will leave that to you. The other big story, <laughs> the other uh, I think, well, interesting story. It, it, I mean, that Sonic thing is the thing I'm most fast, fascinated about. I talked about it on uh, my St. Jude stream last night as well. It, was, it, it it blows me away. Everything about it <laughs> blows me away. Um, but I guess maybe I can't transition. I was going to say, speaking of things that have changed their looks, Borderlands um <laughs> that game saw a massive overhaul way back when 20 years ago when the first one came out um but borderlands 3 had its official gameplay stream reveal thing um and it looked a lot like borderlands and everybody that played it said it was borderlands and it was good borderlands so it's borderlands and there aren't microtransactions but you can not spend money on uh cosmetics but only cosmetics and it looks like it's Borderlands. I'm trying to think, what else could I say that other than just saying Borderlands a whole bunch? It looks good, and it looks like Borderlands. That's it. I summed it up right. Like that's. It's everything. interesting
0: for a, for a sequel to come this late, right? To to be, uh, we we as Borderlands fans have waited this long for a big numbered sequel to it it really isn't changing up anything you know it, it it's interesting that the big news coming out of their reveal stream where they showed tons of the game like an hour of gameplay got people got hands on with it i mean they it really was a coming out party for the details of the game all this stuff is really granular it's really the in the the devils in the details type stuff where how is it different than Borderlands 2? Well, specifically, the house skills work is different and you can augment your skills in different ways. Uh their skill trees are slightly different and so you'll have much more variety in builds of characters and there's augments that you can actually loot. That sounds cool. That sounds really cool. Uh they didn't show those augments by the way. Uh, there's new ways to maneuver. You can mantle up things so you can leap and grab onto the edge of a mantle you can slide so you know minor things but stuff that has been added in first person shooters nowadays the apex legends of the world have that kind of fluid movement so it's cool that borderlands is catching up with the modern times and how you move but again granular stuff you know this is not big sweeping changes yes they showed new environments you're getting off of the uh, what's the name of the world where Borderlands takes place? Pandora.
1: Um, Pandora, yes.
0: right. So, you know, you're you're getting off that. You're seeing more interesting places. There's loot instancing uh, where you'll actually get specific loot for you when you're playing with other people so you don't have to fight over it. That's pretty cool. But, yeah, there's not a lot of marquee big things. It looks pretty. It's more Borderlands. You play it with your friends. You're going to love it. But um, I don't know, Aaron. Are you excited for Borderlands Three, or do you think it is a little I, underwhelming in its, you know, minor?
2: Changes? I jumped in there with Pandora as if I know anything about Borderlands. I've literally never exactly played. I've never play. played a single one, but mostly because I had friends who were really into it, and um, the way they described the kind of like loot grind just did not appeal to me at all. Um, huh. So the fact that it looks like more of the same uh, did not really appeal to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's dig into the the thing that Christian
0: kind of referred to, which is uh, Randy Pitchford um, did this sort of rallying cry at the, during the stream where he said um, we won't have borderlands three won't have microtransactions or any of that nonsense. And the funny line in this article is a statement that according to other members of the borderlands team is false. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, who's with me? No microtransactions. Um, none of us are with you. (laughs) None of the team. None of the team. (laughs) (laughs) So evidently they had to come out and quickly clarify that. Uh, Chris Brock, uh, who is a producer on the game, uh, talked to GameIndustry.biz and was like, so when we say no microtransactions, what we're really trying to say is that we're not trying to nickel and dime people. We'll probably make content after launch that we will sell, but we also don't intend to take what borderlands was and then chop it up into chunks and sell it.
1: Yeah, I I I feel bad. I empathize with Randy who has had um, I thought you were gonna empathize with Chris Brock, not
0: with <laughs> I empathize with Chris Brock who's like, I gotta go and put lipstick on this.
1: Yeah. Oh man. That is tough. But I will say 2K um publisher, right? Uh of yep. Gearbox and uh, Borderlands, the, the the big, the big, big, big. They have a lot of microtransactions in a lot of their games and for a lot of things, right? All sorts of things make a lot of money off of stuff NBA 2K, um, Rockstar games, a lot of stuff. And so what I think, <laughs> and I don't know because I don't know, but I think the intent was like, hey, this is Borderlands. Like when people talk about loot boxes, because that's what's weird about lo- Borderlands, right? Like you're literally g- getting loot boxes but not like that you know so it's like our game is full of loot boxes randy shut the hell up i mean no loot
0: boxes like
1: also not true Uh, oh exactly yeah uh mm, it's called borderlands 3 here's the trailer the trailer's not playing son of a (laughs) like um it's a because borderlands and it's loot and and all that stuff and loot boxes and grinding for treasure and all these things it's a a, a game that existed before the proliferation of star wars battlefront twos um and kind of that appetite uh publisher appetite for these microtransactions so i feel as if it's like it's not don't worry we're not paywalling borderlands um but you can Until buy some we do. cosmetics <laughs> but it won't, cha- it won't affect your game except you can see it's how do you message that i i empathize i really do
2: yeah, yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's it's virtually impossible to release a game nowadays without having some kind of microtransaction. That's just part of the economy now. And like, right. you know, it's just what it is. Um and the the hope is that it's as unobtrusive as possible.
0: Right. Yeah, it, the the idea is that it has to have some ancillary in, you know, the, the game the size and scale and budget of a Borderlands 3, yes, it's going to include some post-release content that they will charge people for. So I think that's to be expected. I don't think anybody is quibbling over that. I think he was trying to say, we're not going to charge you for a better gun. I'm not even sure that's the case. We'll see. I hope that's the case, but I kind of feel like they're going to be like, yeah, you want a better gun because it's prettier. It's cosmetic because there's a bazillion D guns (laughs) in this game, you know? Um, So we'll see. We'll see. But I I appreciate the intention.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why I empathize, and and You're I think right. the game looks great. I, I know I was kind of being a little dismissive, like it is more Borderlands, but there are the, those granular changes. I think do, do think they make it interesting. I think they make the game it appears um, a little more solo friendly, which is how I played Borderlands two, and um, you know some of those traits or skills they seem like they're designed to pair with something. You know, um, and while you can certainly build out a skill tree and have fun with a lot of characters, this seems to give me as a solo player more customization, which I think is exciting. I think leaving Pandora is going to be fun. And to its detriment, I think to some extent, Borderlands suffers from uh, incredible art design early on where this game does look better, but it it looks like how I remember Borderlands 1 looking. (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, And there's been so many iterations and re-releases and 4K textures that it doesn't have that wow factor for me um but i'm sure when i see it running at at home on my tv i'll be like oh yeah this is very smooth this is borderlands so i'm excited but it it didn't um it didn't blow me the way with like you know the the way god of war did where it's like they took this franchise and flipped it on its head it
0: also doesn't feel like they needed to wait this long to make borderlands 3 you know like if this is what you were making
1: well i think they were making i think they were making battleborn (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess you're right. You know, I think they were making other things, and then they were like, "Uh, hey, we have a year. We should make
0: Borderlands. (laughs) I don't know if that's true. I think they've been working on this for a long, long time, and then they just sort of came back around, you know? Who knows? Maybe. All right. uh, Surprising nobody, my story of the week is the final unveiling and pre-sales for Valve's VR headset called the Index. Valve, after... They teased uh, their headset. They finally came out with the full specs. You can pre-order it. Uh, it it sounds like the Ferrari of VR headsets, uh, and it's gotten me very excited. There's a lot of technical details. Basically, they got real pretty screens in there and a real high refresh rate, 120 hertz refresh rate that evidently has an experimental overclocked mode of 144 hertz, which is pretty great. Uh, dual 1440 by 1600 lcds which equates to 50 percent more subpixels than oled which means basically what they're trying to do is eliminate that screen door effect that is so prominent in first gen vr headsets and i say bravo uh they have um all these bugs are gonna get in now though yeah well No, there is no screen door. It's just a sliding glass door now. Oh, okay. I thought you had the window
1: open, and there is no screen. You have (laughs) the front door. No, 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 sliding
0: glass door. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Denser pixels is what it is. Denser. Um, (laughs) They have uh, twenty percent more field of view than the Vive, which is awesome. Field of view is a big, you know, a big generational um, talking point for VR. you want want to get more of your peripheral vision in the headset, so it's even more uh, encompassing of your view. Low persistence. all kinds of stuff. And I'm excited. Uh, this seems like a really great headset. It's still, uh, tethered. It still uses the, uh, the external tracking boxes that the HTC Vive did. In fact, it's compatible with the exact same ones. So you don't have to rebuy the boxes if you want to upgrade your Vive to this headset. Although they do have the 2.0 version of the tracking, uh, they call them lighthouses, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are supposedly – those have a wild, wider field of view and, and are supposed to be an improvement. New controllers, which have been teased for a long, long time by Valve. These are the Knuckles controllers, I believe. Um,
1: like Sonic so 3?
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. They look strangely like a guy in a suit. Um, <laughs> it is – three SKUs they're offering, the just the headset by itself, the headset with the controllers, or the headset with the controllers with the lighthouses – uh it's not not cheap, up to a grand for the full big pack, package. I think it's seven hundred something for the one step down and then five hundred for just the headset by itself, because it is compatible with the original Vive controllers and original Vive lighthouses. So um I This is right. You circled I did the
1: release it. date on your calendar, you were first in line, like this <sighs> is
0: man. <laughs> So I launched this new Dungeons & Dragons show, and it's been a ton of work. It's been really fun, but it's been a ton of work, all-encompassing. And our first episode, I believe, was the day that the pre-orders went on sale. And I just lost track of like Like an idiot, like a real (laughs) dummy. I lost track of time. I lost track of that. And then I didn't pre-order until the next day. Sold out! All the SKUs sold out. So it releases July 1st like a like an idiot i'm uh i'm in the august 31st uh estimated arrival what did you so, do what's what's so you i did the uh headset with controllers because i'm just going to keep my vive uh boxes cuz they're mounted they're mounted in my room mm-hmm. i have them drilled into the wall i'm like well it's great i don't have to undrill them um So basically the reason it's my story of the week is I'm hoping someone knows someone, (laughs) someone listening knows someone or is someone that can help a brother out, (laughs) move me higher up in the queue. Come on. I'm not going to-
1: You're not not asking for a free one, even a review No, I'll pay for it. Yeah.
0: I I will pay for it. I just want it earlier. I don't ask for a lot on the show. I don't come begging very often. This is me- Simple guy standing in the rain, asking you to help me. Need it,
2: please. Uh, he only Mary- has three VR headsets. Like please that's right. How is a
0: guy? some <laughs> guy supposed to get by with only three? Also, I have a slightly used vibe. If anybody wants to buy. It.
1: <laughs> so here's here's my question to you for this. Now that you know specs, are out pruders are out. All this stuff. The thing that concerns me is I feel like Valve has released a peripheral for a peripheral, and that they've said that their their game, which I haven't announced yet, but will be anyone with any three headset, games, three, three games, games, we'll be able to play. It'll be available on Steam, which is awesome. But yeah, any Steam VR compatible headset, which is basically all of them, so uh, will work. What do the knuckles controllers do? It's just like allows you to flick people off in game because like it can't. Rely no, on No, they're them.
0: backwards compatible. Everything's backwards compatible. It's all... Right. The Knuckles controllers still have buttons, and so they're still able to work exactly like but any that's other my controller. Question.
1: My question is, how will the games use them in any way that makes them right. worth having if I can still use my Vive wands?
0: it's a good question. I imagine it'll be like, you know, it'll be like, you know, check the,
1: the checkbox if you if you can articulate your fingers. But wait, <laughs> and then it's exactly. like, oh, my fingers are articulated. <laughs> but I'm <obviously, laughs> is that worth... I mean, to you it is, but... It seems like a hard sell of $300 to me personally. Well, yes. I mean, clearly
0: Valve is not interested. Oculus this week also put pre-orders up for Quest and the Rift S. Oculus is in the business of trying to make VR mainstream, right? The Quest is squarely aimed at people's first headset that you don't need a computer for. You get cool games. It's all walled garden it's all curated experiences that they know work great on quest it's going to be this thing that is going to sell vr to the masses hopefully valve doesn't care about that valve is like no we want to make the (laughs) coolest thing we want to make stuff for people like jeff canada who are stupid and will just want the very best experience and uh, so so They have my money and evidently a lot of other people's because it's sold out. Um, (laughs) And I'm not happy about that. The other thing I'm not happy about is uh, nobody evidently has talked to NVIDIA in many years about the fact that NVIDIA was like, hey, we put an entire port on the back of our new cards for VR and literally none of the new headsets support it. Zero, zero new headsets. There's been like four or five announced new headsets since the port, the VR port was put on NVIDIA cards and zero of them support it. So I don't, I don't understand that. And it kind of ticks me off. Aaron, what is your feelings about
2: uh, <laughs> valve index? I, I definitely feel for your, your pain. I'm, I'm sorry that you're going through this really hard time right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that of all those numbers that you rattled off, the price is the most insane one. <laughs> and I, uh, I'm yes. very happy with my PlayStation VR. Um I'm not a PC gamer. Like I'm a plug and play console guy. So, uh, I glad that you will eventually get to experience, uh, the high end VR glory, but I, but is it even worth it in August? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I, mean, I'm, I, 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 I really just annoying. like, I'm just like, give me Tetris effect and I'm very happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I, I I recognize how obnoxious I am about this, and uh, I apologize to no one. No, <laughs> I, I I like that there's somebody who's making this. It is uh, an absurd price point for sure. They don't seem to care that it's you know a super high end thing for a very niche market, a niche of a niche, as Christian said. It is uh, the uh, the the tiniest fraction of a tiny fraction audience already. But I kind of dig that they're like, yeah, let's just make the best headset. Let's just make the best one. And uh, I I like that. And we all have agreed. We all, if by listening to the show, you've made a pact not to tell my wife about this. (laughs) There's no way she can find this
1: episode either. So she
0: doesn't. It's like 35 minutes into the show. She's not going to last this long. We both know it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Also, Aaron, uh, you're wonderful. No,
0: she's. Yes.
1: I'm wonderful. Just the the version
0: in. of the show that she listens to, I, I edit in a baby. You're wonderful <laughs> at the beginning. So I already beat you to it.
1: Okay, good. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I will, I'm excited to, uh, see how much better it is with these sort of, these are sort of minor tweaks, but it really feels like they focused their attention on eliminating screen door. Making a very smooth, crisp experience in the headset, and I think it's going to be noticeable I'm very 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 excited for it oh the, also the audio is uh, doesn't need um earphones like kind of like the um the quest and the I think the s is like that too, where it just it nothing goes over your ear, but the audio still sounds really good, so it's cool. I'm into did, it.
1: did they say and this is just because I saw the price and I was like i I can't um but the one question I do have that I haven't looked into myself, um, what kind of card do you need to pump out the higher, um, what is it, 144 is what it can support? Um, do they Do they yeah. say Because the Rift S is still, you know, they didn't change the graphic card requirements for those from the traditional Rift. What does this thing need to, to work?
0: Well, evidently, they only re- released minimum requirements. Huh. So the minimum requirements are GTX 970 or RX uh, 480 with a display port. Uh, they don't even support HDMI anymore, which is pretty crazy. Um, and then a CPU with dual core hyper threading or better. And then us- USB 3.0 and eight gigs of RAM. Okay. So that's, that's the minimum requirement. I have no idea. They haven't really talked about it. They, they're calling it an experimental mode of oh. 144. So who knows what that means um, as far as actual support. But I think even if with its, base mode it still beats all the other headsets even the new ones that have been announced so um i'm i'm super excited and it's really kind of pretty looking it's got this reflective front it's a pretty sexy thing i i don't know how it'll feel compared to the others i don't know if it's heavier or lighter i haven't heard anybody it's talk about Your it.
1: wallet is just you don't even yeah. feel it. it's
0: yeah well that's how i counterbalance myself with my wallet now that's <laughs> not gonna work so who knows <laughs> All right, I'm getting another headset, but that means do I get the quest too? Christian and I have been talking at length all week about like what happens now. Well, because the quest I, know, is cool
1: too. I know Facebook is listening. If the internet's taught me anything, is that Facebook is listening. Um, I'll take a quest.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you're handing out quests, what do we got to do? What information of mine do I need to give you that you don't already have to get me a quest?
1: But also, uh, yeah. I'm not for please know that I am. Don't get me wrong. Like, Also, for real, if there's a review, then I am interested. But I'm also – don't take this as me begging for a quest. It's it's fine. I'm very fortunate. Um, you're going to do,
0: do the like, whole – you're doing the beg, not beg?
1: Yeah, no, I'm just trying beg, to nag them. Don't even give it to me. I don't even want it. Yeah. But it's not that good. <laughs> 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 yeah, somebody on Twitter was
0: like, when I complained about me not getting into my pre-order in time, somebody was like, I bought two headsets because of you. If anybody <laughs> deserves to get a review unit, it's you. I'm like – Send that. Don't send that to me. Send that to Gabe Newell at (laughs) steam.com. Anyway. uh, All right. I'm sure everybody is thinks I'm thoroughly obnoxious at this point. So that's the perfect time to segue into (laughs) our sponsor. Do you travel? I travel. I travel quite frequently, actually. And uh, oftentimes I'm traveling with, uh, you know, just for short periods and I'm just using a carry on. The carry on that I use now is called away. And really this is because away has made a carry on for people like me. And I suspect people like you, people who are connected all the time, who have digital uh, items that you want to bring on the plane with you, that you don't want to have lose a charge because the carry ons that away makes have a charger built into the luggage how cool is that? They, uh, they, they are made for people who travel. They have an, uh, a two, they have two sizes for carry ons, uh, a smaller one and a larger one. And one has an, uh, optional ejectable battery. It's pretty cool. You just charge, you charge your luggage before you go. And it's like having a backup battery that you can charge all your devices on. It's awesome. Plus the suitcases are cool looking. They come in a variety of colors. One of the things I hate uh, with luggage is like everybody has a black bag with a zipper. And so everybody's suitcase looks like each other. My away. I have actually I have two of them. I have one that's cool and in, in a blue color. And I have one that's like a, it's called sand. The color it's like a light uh, beige. It looks so good. And uh, all of their colors are really, really cool. They have a uh, four 360 degree spinner wheels going around. You can have it stand on its end and move it around. Really, really cool. There's a, Instagram video somewhere of my son standing on it and me riding him around and him giggling. So that's my way. Uh, and, uh, they have a TSA approved combination lock, so you can lock it. A removable washable laundry bag. They have thought of everything really. And we thought of the best part. We'll give you a $20 off your sur- suitcase. So if you want to get in a way, which you should, this is, these are great. I, I use mine all the time for $20 off a suitcase Visit away travel.com slash dlc and use promo code DLC during checkout. Because this season, everyone wants to get away. That's awaytravel.com slash dlc and promo code DLC.
2: All
0: right, it's time to talk about the games that we have been playing. Aaron, I know you have been playing a couple of the big ones. Where would you like to start?
2: Uh, Let's start with Mortal Kombat 11, because I I, I know Christian's been playing it, too. Um, And that was actually my first uh, return to game reviewing. I reviewed Mortal Kombat 11 uh, for EW, uh, which was really fun. Um, I think it's a really good game, and I like it a lot, but it is so similar to MK10 and Injustice 2 that I kind of have like was feeling a really strong like diminishing returns. Um I think it's it's super solid and it's like a great, you know, it's a great fighting game but while I was playing it I was like this is good and I like it but like I feel like I've played this before. So I literally loaded up mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat 10 and I was like if you if you had showed me these, I would have been like, could not tell you the difference. Hmm. I, I'm curious if if what Christian thinks about that.
0: Well, Christian's he can tell the difference because he's playing on Switch. Um, <laughs> but no, so you're saying that NetherRealm basically perfected it. Yes, and yeah. now they're just making more of it.
2: It's like yeah, they've they've totally nailed it. It's great, but also they had already nailed it with uh, right. Mortal Kombat 10 and Injustice 2. So it almost feels. Um, you know, like a, like a super mortal combat X, uh, like more <laughs> right, of a, a half step, but yeah. Turbo EX plus alpha. Um, <laughs> it's, it just didn't feel like a, sing, a significant, a significant enough jump for me. And, you know, like kind of the big draw is the story mode, which like for me is not a big enough draw because it's just, it's so goofy and, you know, like the lore is it's, you know, I I've played every mortal combat, um, since the arcade original. And I, it was never like the story of, uh, you know, ninjas in Halloween costumes fighting soldiers in Halloween costumes was never that exciting to me. And definitely not as much as uh, injustice, you know, which has DC's like total, like entire pantheon of superheroes and supervillains to pull from. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I wonder, it, it does seem like they've gotten into this cadence of, you know, an a injustice game, and then, then a Mortal Kombat game, then an injustice game, then a Mortal Kombat game. Don't know if that will continue. I kind of assume it will, and if so, it does feel a bit like more like a, a Madden. You know, like the the improvements year to year over year maybe aren't as dramatic as a full numbered sequel would be to a normal fighting game franchise, where it's more like, hey, the rosters new, the move sets are tweaked. The story is going to be different, but it's not as big of a leap as a, you know, Street Fighter 5 from a Street Fighter 4 or whatever.
2: Yeah. And I think that um, the, you know, I was so, the jump from Mortal Kombat 9 to Mortal Kombat 10 was so, it felt more significant. As much as I enjoyed playing it, there was just like a huge sense of deja vu the entire time. Interesting. So Christian, did you have that experience too? Or I know you were really positive about the game, even on Switch.
1: Yeah, I, I understand Aaron's um, thoughts or reservations toward the game. I I did not uh, feel the same way. I thought the story was great. It's it's been so silly since nine, and I think nine maybe had the best story because it was really cool and inventive to see how Nether Realm retconned stuff and like, oh, it's the first game in the game. Like it it really felt nice. Um, but it's been a really cool arc. This, this trilogy of nine, ten, and eleven. And seeing it come to what I consider a satisfactory conclusion, I'm sure there's still you know more story to tell. But it was really neat. It's kind of Raiden's journey, and it's these characters you've been with since, uh, if you're old like I am, you know the original Mortal Kombat and Liu Kang, and kind of I'm not spoiling anything here and saying that Raiden and Liu Kang back in those days were intertwined, right? Like those those two characters were the forefront of the movie and those old arcade games, and to see them kind of even with Mortal Kombat nine, continue to pay respects to that. And I thought 11 story was really, really cool. I really enjoyed it. I thought the, the cut were really well done. I talked about it. I think on last week's show, how it's like, I'm just fighting and sometimes fighting as a character. I don't really want to play as, but because of the story and the narrative, it, it has me, you know, playing as all these characters, like, cause I want to see it unfold. And I think, um, the way that they've kind of evolved the fighting mechanic, I think has been smart. I mean, street fighter five, I, I didn't play much of back when it first launched, but um, my impression of it then, and as a fully featured game, it launched lacking a bunch of features in my opinion, and it didn't set the fighting world on fire with what it was doing or Marvel versus Capcom infinite. Uh, I think had a whole host of problems. So I think if a fighting game comes out and again, I'm not an Evo mortal Kombat <laughs> player by any stretch of the imagination, but for Nell the realm to make another one of these games and add um, what are they called? The brutal hits, like the mid-match, um, fatality. Gosh, what? Are, why can't I not think of what these are called? Brutality, not a brutality. It's um, oh, the um, fatal blow. Fla- fatal blow. Yeah, adding fatal blows. I think is a really interesting dynamic. The defensive, but, like
2: the the fatal blow, is basically the X-ray move. Like it's almost identical. And the problem is, is that you they only have one per character. So if you play for a weekend you've seen every one every single fatal blow like 600 times
1: sure and if you've played street fighter 2 you've seen a shuriken i don't know like <laughs> I, I mean i i know they're more cinematic but mortal kombat 1 had one fatality like yes th- you've seen them all but that's i think from a strategic standpoint i think they're interesting in the match and how they play out and i think the aggressive and the defensive um i'm bad at the names of fighting game things but the the bars they've added. Are, are interesting subtle tweak to when you can you know add extra power to a special move and kind of how that plays out in a fight um i think the tweaks are are subtle kind of like as we discussed for borderlands 3 but i think they they change the game in a meaningful way um I, yeah I, i'm still really high on the game i think even after the patches at least if i've played it um the unlockables still feel very grindy to me, and I probably won't get through them. I think if I was a completionist, I'd be frustrated by some of the towers and by some of how the crypt plays out. Um, but I understand Aaron's points. I think they're totally valid. They just None of that struck me that way, personally. To me, and I don't... This isn't like Story of the Week. I don't you really spend time on it? But to me, the thing that makes me sad about Mortal Kombat 11 is just the stories that have come out um, kind of about working conditions at NetherRealm. Yeah. Um, and I guess... Because I don't want to say I every big like studio. That everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, that, make, that makes me sad. So that's the thing that, that's the only thing that soured me is, is reading some of these accounts of, um, sexist, toxic and crunchy behavior at nether realms. I don't want to brush that off as like, Oh, they don't talk about, I, I read it I'm talking about it. It does impact how I feel about the game. I don't have any personal, um, you know, knowledge of this case. Only what everybody's kind of read online but that uh that's what's kept me from the game this week more than anything else, not that mm-hmm. it feels samey interesting, that's a bummer, yeah well i haven't I haven't played it at all
0: either, and i I was super excited about it uh on its road to release, and I just it just kind of hit it a tough time for me. I'm so busy on with other things that I have uh, limited bandwidth and and it hasn't uh, I haven't played it but you know. I I think that NetherRealm has done such a great job with these games. I totally get what you're saying, Aaron. That it's like, do they reinvent the wheel? You've, they've kind of perfected it. it works great. It, it, they they're doing their thing, but I totally understand that it might feel like, well, yeah, every year they do that thing. <laughs> so I don't well, know, especially uh,
2: because uh, Mortal Kombat X or 10 or whatever is on Xbox Game Pass. So right, you know, you essentially play that for you know ten dollars for a month. And I feel like you wouldn't be missing out on that much uh, versus the new one.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Uh, You've also been playing days gone, which uh, is another big release that I think uh, underwhelms some people, but I, my feeling is that you are, are really digging it, right?
2: well i wish i did i really do oh, I, um, I
0: thought i saw a tweet of yours saying that uh, you were digging doing i really
2: liked the beginning um i think the the motorcycle is great i'd love just kind of like riding around like this beautiful world it's such a it's such a big beautiful world that uh ben studio has created and i i really like in the opening got a lot of enjoyment out of just kind of like you know like All right, i'm gonna hop on my bike or ride yeah, around until um, you run out of gas
0: <laughs> yeah, or your that's... bike breaks down and then your bike <laughs> is an albatross around your neck it's
2: yeah it's oh and it it's just, like i just
0: just will throw this bike in the garbage and move on
2: i mean i think i've put about 40 hours into it now and I've, i i'm bored like it's boring Um, it's basically like a third person far cry without any personality. And Mm. it's, it's kind of a rare miss for a Sony first party. Like it feels really surprising coming after, like coming off of such a strong last year with, uh, God of War and Spider-Man, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I wish it were, I, I wish it were better. And I, I, you can tell that a lot of care and, and love went into it, but man there is just nothing like there to it like it has some of the worst enemy ai i've ever come across i mean like there's all these um similar to far cry where you know you kind of go to camps and try to take them down and like the the people are just dumb (laughs) like you (laughs) you can just sit in you know waist high grass throw a rock and then just stab everyone repeatedly (laughs) like there is just nothing to it and um I was hoping that there would be like this kind of fun interaction between like the human enemies and then the, the zombie enemies. Uh, and they almost don't intersect at all, you know? So the way, you know, Far Cry would have, you know, y- you could be like a- approaching a camp and all of a sudden you unleash a bear or like a cougar <laughs> or something insane. Right. And it just wreaks havoc. Um, Days Gone just doesn't have any of that. I feel like there's very little um, kind of, sandbox dynamic, uh, moments that happen. And, oh my gosh, I went through a, a, a story quest today where I literally drove from one place to another and then talked to someone and then drove back and talked and then drove and talked. Then it was like, congratulations. You completed that mission. Press X. (laughs) It's, it's a big, I think it's a pretty big disappointment. Hmm. That's
0: unfortunate. Yeah. I bounced off of it pretty quick, but, um, it, it, it's amazing the level of technology that constitutes a disappointment these days, you know, because it is <laughs> impressive on a technical level. And it is, for as sure. you said, gorgeous and expansive and the world seems well thought out. It, for me, it was more, I mean, I didn't even get as far as you're talking about uh, even close to that, but, um, the, just the sort of, tenor of the world is just sort of bland you know it's it's just the the main characters kind of bland the the you know i i I talk about having a little bit of post-apocalyptic fatigue you know and and zombie fatigue it's just like there's got to be some hook to keep to make me want to be in this place and hang out with these people and that fundamentally i didn't get in the
2: first You know, don't. Yeah. And you won't get it. I mean, there's not a likable character among them. I mean, I don't think Deacon is very likable at all. Um, I don't find him even remotely interesting. Like his motivations are very simplistic and black and white. And, you know, like his uh, ethics code is just really like eye rolly. And it's just I don't know. It's uh, yeah. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to finish it because I like I'm at the point where I'm skipping cutscenes because I just don't Hmm. care
0: you know well christian you're kind of skipping cutscenes on it too right
1: i mean that's yeah i I think the the review i can give of days gone is that i've had it for a week and haven't played it (laughs) um (laughs) and i think maybe it's just you you it's your fault jeff no it's like you know listening to last week's show and kind of hearing things it's there are so many games to play and i still am having fun with mortal kombat 11 and i'm streaming retro games on my analog for st jude stuff that like yeah
0: dude you're 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 not just competing with all the games that are coming out you're competing with the games that came out 30 years ago that's
1: everybody i mean yes i get your joke and it's funny and true um but also like to aaron's point about game pass and mortal Kombat 11 and mortal Kombat 10 being on game pass i mean we all are and i think the same thing is true of tv or movies where it's this new tv shows out okay great but I heard the wire was good. (laughs) You know, the wire still there and it's like, this is a new game out. Okay. We'll see if thieves just updated quests. So bye every, uh, you know, like you're not wrong, man, it takes a lot to, to pull me in. So I have it. I need to play it, but I just haven't found that time to sit down and be like, let me play this game that everybody says is fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's also, it's not
0: just like a game you can sit down and play. It's, I'm going to invest 40 hours like Aaron's talking about it, and not be done and be in this big old world and doing all these quests that you have to get done. It, it um,
1: and I know my four year old wants to watch me play it. So I got to wait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: can't, you can't, you can't screw her out of that experience. No, she's you know, dying to,
1: to know to. The, the plot and <laughs> I mean, like, she uh, wants to find out what happened to Deacon's wife.
2: <laughs> it also has some of the most hilariously like, I I feel like audio clips play at the wrong time sometimes. Yeah, I noticed like, that too. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. we're not
1: even doing that. Like you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, said, I like Bend. I like the studio. I like yeah, a lot too. of their handheld work. And I was, you know, I think we were both pretty high on this game after was it last E3? I don't remember when I mean, we it was two E3s there. ago. But yeah, um, but yeah, I will. I'll have thoughts next week, and hopefully, if they're similar to yours and Aaron's, the past two weeks, we can keep it brief. But I I, I vow to play it.
0: But you have been playing a bunch of retro games. you want to talk about that anymore? I would just say that the Saturday,
1: Saturdays this month, except for as I open up my calendar because there's one that I can't do it. The 18th is the one I won't. But the 11th and 25th, I'll be streaming uh, in support of St. Jude, raising money for them on my Twitch, twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. And because I'm raising money for kids and uh, curing childhood cancer, I'm playing kid-friendly games, and I'm playing on my Analog Mega SG. My Genesis playing old Genesis games. And so last, I was recording this on Sunday, last Saturday, I oh, was starting at 9 p.m. Pacific. I played Sonic 3. Love Sonic 3, so awesome. Uh, turtles Hyperstone Heist, which consider that the Turtles in Time, but for the Genesis, if I'm being honest, not as good as Turtles in Time, but it's the one I grew up with, so it's better. <laughs> and then uh, I played um, uh, Aladdin on Genesis, which is still beautiful. And I don't think I ever beat it as a kid because I got to a level uh, that I had no recollection of last night, which was fun. To be like, oh yeah, I remember this, I remember this, I remember this. And then being like, I guess I always just rented this game from Blockbuster because I have no clue what to do on this level. Um, but yeah, so just Genesis, old Genesis games. Um, of the three, I think Sonic 3 is one revisiting if you haven't played it. And if you like Sonic, um, it has a score... Uncredited, but made by Michael Jackson in parts, which is interesting. I think the music's pretty cool. And they did interesting things with, like, the power-up bubbles and stuff like that, that you can get a fire one, a bubble one for underwater, um, invincibility. It's a a really well-made game. So, But that's all. We don't need to spend a lot of time on them.
2: Yeah, Christian, I just want to say that the Aladdin, uh, Mortal Kombat, and Turtles are all better on Super Nintendo. So, you know...
1: (laughs) Boom console wars. Wait, what, what do you why did you say that Jeff? Why did you say boom console wars? I heard a a bunch of silence and then you said boom console wars. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, you can put your head in the sand all you want, man. But Nintendo's got power. I don't know. I'm trying to stir stir
1: the pot. Uh yeah. No, I mean Aaron, you're probably not wrong about Turtles Sonic doesn't exist on the Nintendo and you are you are wrong about Aladdin. You are objectively wrong. about I mean, Aladdin, no, but it's okay.
2: Uh, G- Genesis Aladdin has better animation, but worse gameplay. That's that's all there is to it, you
1: know. <laughs> okay, and Aaron has a uh, nice voice and worse opinions. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> all right. Well, on
0: my playlist, uh, I have started playing a game that I blind bought because I was sure I was going to love it. And guess what? I was right. Um, Steam World Quest, Hand yeah. of Gilgamesh, uh, just blind bought that baby. I knew I, I so. Image and Form is a developer that has been making these Steam World games, and I love this. I love this this concept because they created this thing, the Steam World setting, which is like where a bunch of sort of steampunky robots uh, are the main characters. And then they've made a bunch of games that are in wildly different genres, but all set in the same pseudo world. But none of them even have the same main characters. It's just like, it's just thematically the same kind of, but uh, wildly different genres, wildly different stories, wildly different characters. It's just a cool concept in, in my opinion. Like they're, they're carving out this little world and po- and populating it with new characters and just different kinds of games. So they made SteamWorld Dig uh, which I didn't play, but I loved SteamWorld Dig 2. And they played SteamWorld Height and they made SteamWorld Heist, which is also a game that I didn't play, but now I want to really badly because I like SteamWorld Dig 2 so much that I'm like, I'm going to try out this SteamWorld Quest. It sounds like a game I would love. It sounds like Battle Chasers Night War or, you know, old turn-based role-playing games of my youth that I enjoy. I love turn-based. I love card games, as you know. So that's what this game is. It is, you know, SteamWorld Dig was basically a platformer uh, sort of mashup with Dig Dug thing. SteamWorld Heist, I guess, is a strategy game. And SteamWorld Quest is a full-on role-playing game done in this gorgeous art style, beautiful painterly art style, uh, 2D sort of side-scrolling, almost looks like, like Golden Axe or something like that. And But way more beautiful. And um, you have turn-based combat that is handled through decks of cards so all of your skills are um, done through decks of cards just like oh god my brain's not working the game that i love that uh i said it could be my game of the year this year because it finally came out christian help me the game the card game that was that um was on steam in early access for two years and i put it on my list oh what's it called
1: I, I thought you were going to talk about that game. It's like a card game, but then you do Arkham combat. But it, that's not the game you're talking about.
0: No, 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 no. That's Hand of Fate. Um, yeah. Um,
1: Slay the Spire. Spire. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jake's. Sorry. Uh, why am you know I know so- your game of the year? <laughs> yes.
0: Well, I, it doesn't mean I can remember the title. Slay the Spire. It's just like Slay the Spire, which is you know uses it uses cards as the attacks in turn based combat. So. In SteamWorld Quest, you have uh, a number of little characters in your party, and each of them has their own deck. Sort of like if you're playing Hearthstone or something, and you have different um, classes, and you 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 build a deck for each of the classes. But each of the characters, at least as far as I am, maybe it it expands as you get deeper into the game. But at, at this point right now, each of the characters can have eight cards in their deck, and you build a deck out of cards that you will loot or buy or acquire in some way in the game. And those are your attacks. There'll be, you know, magical attacks or there'll be straight, uh, you know, physical attacks or they will be buffs or debuffs or, you know, whatever actions that you can do are on these cards. And you'll have a, a hand that you'll draw each round of a certain number of cards and those will be composed of the cards from the decks of all of your characters. So you may get, you know, three or four cards from one character, a couple of cards from another, three or four cards from a third. So you have this hand with a variety of cards from a variety of your characters. And then you play three of them on your turn. And the, uh, the f- just straight physical attack cards or straight sort of basic action cards generate steam power that is a cumulative resource for all of your characters so you can have one character's card build up some steam power and have another character's card use that steam power to fuel a more powerful magical attack but the really clever part comes in where uh so basically in most of these kinds of games You'll choose one action for each character, right? You'll choose what, what, you know, like an old Final Fantasy or any of those Japanese-style role-playing games where you have turn-based combat. You would select an action for each of your characters to do. One character's going to heal the party. One character's going to do a punch. One character's going to do a magic fireball, whatever it is. This game does not work like that. You get to pick any three cards from your deck, and you can pick multiple actions for one character. In fact, and this is the most interesting part, if you select three cards... Of the same character, you get a bonus special action that happens that's specific to that character that is determined by what weapon they have. So you can buy a new weapon and that gives you this new cool bonus action. And so you're incentivized and rewarded if you happen to draw enough cards in your hand that you can do three of the same character's cards. So it's these really cool layer of strategy of like, Well, maybe the best move is to use cards from different characters. But if I do all three cards from the same character, I get this cool extra thing that I get to do that just happens automatically. So maybe I'll do that instead. It's so cool and so different. And it's such a cool way of thinking about it. And the cards themselves are really cool. And the art is fantastic. I love the fights in this game. The fights are challenging i have died a couple of times in fights but always felt like it was super fair and if i just played it a little more smartly i would have won and i actually did the next time i tried it 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 is it's great the combat system is excellent what are you playing on it's on switch
1: is it exclusive, or is that that's just what you I you're don't
0: wrong? think it's exclusive, but it might be. Uh, I I don't even know what I can Google it. I'm sure. Is it, but.
1: it well? I'm just. Is it, it is it touch screen? Because I thought it was on Switch, but it seems like maybe you could use touch screen stuff. But I'm curious how they how. It uh,
0: works. I haven't even tried. <laughs> <laughs> it may support it. I don't even know. I've never. I haven't touched the screen while playing it. So Chat I just have the
1: time to switch exclusive. Because um, I feel like stuff like that would fit so well on the Switch. It seems very pick up and playable and like deck management and kind of getting in, um, sounds like, yeah, I mean, really I get cool. it
0: would totally work as a, as a touchscreen game I, and it may very well support it. I just have been using the buttons and the, yeah. and the sticks. You move your character around on the screen. Uh, it's got like, um, you know, each it's sort kind of like Metroid style where each screen is connected around the map and you go to the edge of that screen and then it loads the new screen in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Oh, um,
1: Do I know what you mean? We're talking about retro games. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's like
0: that where And, and the map is like an interconnected, um, uh, flow chart of screens, you know? Um, so it, you know, it's got that cool aesthetic to it and you're moving your character around like, like golden ax style or turtles in time style on that screen. And you walk up behind, uh, characters and you can smack them and initiate, um, a surprise round against them if, if they don't see you beforehand. It's cool. And, it, the story, I may not be far enough to have it really get get its hooks into me. It's kind of written with a a fun, irreverent style that's typical of the SteamWorld games, where there's a little comedy, it's a little goofy, it's fun characters, uh, these robots that are kind of silly. It's not particularly interesting, but I'm not really playing it for that, right? Maybe it'll get more compelling as I go. I am reading all the text as it goes, but I'm not really paying super attention to it. Just the fights are so fun; they are really compelling, and um I I dig these kinds of games. And this is an excellent, excellent version of of them that I could heartily recommend.
1: How um how long do you think it is? I feel like sometimes these games could be very short, or sometimes you're like, "Oh, this is great! It's eighty hours long!" Like, what happened? <laughs> do you have yeah. a of the scope yet?
0: Ba- Battle Chasers war was like that, where it's like, "Man, I'm really digging this game. It's still going." I'm like, <laughs> "How many hours this is this long?" Um. Oh, the other thing that I'm not – I don't have a sense of yet, and I haven't really read any reviews of it, so I don't – I've only had my experience, but every time you save the game, like you find um, a statue and it lets you save the game, and it says, when you save the game, you can replenish all the health of your party, but if you do, we're going to respawn all the enemies, which makes me go – Hmm. oh, is this game going to get grindy at a certain point where I'm going to have to respawn all the enemies and go grind them and, and level up in order to beat? I haven't had that happen yet, but I can certainly see that being a potential issue in the future. I don't know if the game actually does that. And I don't have a sense of how long it is. I think I'm in like chapter four right now. Um, so I haven't been playing it very long at all. I just started started playing it. Uh, but I'm I'm digging it. I really, really like it. Um, and I, I, I think people will if they have similar sensibilities to mine. So it's called SteamWorld Quest cool. Hand of Gilgamech. All right. We do have a listener who wrote in a review of a game. Uh, I always welcome that. We only have so many hours in our lives and so many games we can play. So if there's something you'd like us to talk about or something you'd like us to talk about more or differently, you're welcome to send in your own reviews And uh, you can send them to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. This one comes from Dane Fisher from Clicksticks Gaming. Dane says, uh, first off, I want to thank you all for helping me through my gym sessions each and every week. Hashtag Geeks in Sneaks. Nice. Geeks in Sneaks. Uh, He said, I wanted to discuss a PC exclusive game I had an opportunity to put a little time into. Mordhow. Mordhow, I think that's pronounced Mordhow, Mordhow, is a medieval multiplayer slasher fest of epic proportions. There are three game types, Horde, Battle Royale, and Frontline. I put most of my time over the past two days into Frontline. Uh, This game type is a constant tug of war between two 32-player teams attempting to capture choke points to score points. The game is presented primarily in first person, though there is a third person perspective players can access. The game utilizes skill-based mouse combat, allow me to elaborate. As in any medieval game, you wield an assortment of melee weapons or a bow. When using a melee class, you must flick your mouse in different directions while attacking to determine which way your weapon will slash. You also have opportunities to parry, block, chamber, or stab opponents. It's a constant rock-paper-scissors battle against players until you win the duel become swarmed, overpowered, or exhaust your stamina. The graphics are stunning, and it offers a variety of maps right off the bat. There are multiple classes to choose from. If melee combat is not your thing, you can choose a ranged class to hang back and pick off opponents as they close in. But be careful, team damage does occur, so don't go blindly raining arrows on dense areas, or you will lose points for hitting teammates. In addition, there are engineering classes to help fortify and catapults players can use to rain fire. The game is best defined as a chaotic pit of blood and filth, <laughs> and I simply cannot get enough of it. Unfortunately, the launch has been a bit marred by server issues and purposeful team killing without an option hmm. to boot players. That being said, I can't recommend Mordhau enough if you are into massive medieval battles with a skill-based system. Very different sounding to me, very cool. Uh, again, that's a PC exclusive game, Mordhau, sent in by Dane Fisher. Thanks Dane. Appreciate If you want to have your review on the show, send it to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. All right, let's, uh, let's do a little quick questions. Quick questions are where we answer your questions uh, that you send in to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by posting them on the sticky thread in our subreddit over at 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Calm. haven't done this in a while, so uh, some of the questions have been uh, backing up for a while. We'd love you to keep sending those. Send more. We will do them more frequently as time permits. Um, But this first one comes from Michael M, who says, What is your favorite game you would love to see get the next-gen remake treatment like Resident Evil 2 got? Aaron, do you have a pick of a game that you'd love to see get remade? Like the full-on remake treatment, not just a you know, remaster or res, but remade like resident evil two.
2: Oh yeah. I love this question because instantly it came to mind is legacy of Kane soul reaver. Oh,
1: that's a great
2: pick. Yeah. Uh, Like, which was what introduced me to Amy Hennig, you know, who then went on to direct and write uncharted one through three. And, you know, on the uh, canceled star Wars game, I think she is just one of the most visionary people in the industry and that game was incredible. I think it came out in 99 or 2000. Um, it was on PS1 and Dreamcast. Um, and the PS1 one <laughs> was hot garbage, <laughs> but <laughs> the Dreamcast one, like just had, having that added, um, you know, horsepower, was really incredible. It was almost kind of like a Metroid game where you would um, hunt down your vampire brethren and, um, like suck up their powers, and it was it was just an incredible like narrative focus game kind of back, you know when they they weren't that common, and yeah. it, it, I would just love to see that given that that kind of R E two style treatment, um, you know like whole new engine and you know improved combat and all that stuff because totally. the core is just super strong.
0: Yeah, man i uh, I wonder what the rights issues are with that. I feel like that's an IP that we
2: would have seen. Re- yeah, I mean, re- it's 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 Square Enix, I believe, because mm-hmm. um, it was Crystal Dynamics who developed yeah. it. And, you know, they they tried to kind of resurrect it a couple years ago. I don't know, probably like seven years ago now. I'm mm-hmm. old, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, they, they canceled that game. Um, but yeah, that's always been my dream to to see like Crystal D because I love what Crystal Dynamics does with the yeah. Tomb Raider. Oh, and totally. I would just love to see them take another stab at uh, Soul Reaver. It's a great, that's a great answer. Christian, do you, uh, you have one?
1: Uh, I have two. I know we're recording this on the 5th, so it's a day late, but um, th- th- in terms of the 4th, um, I would love X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. Uh, I thought you were going to
0: say KOTOR.
1: And that's the next ah, one, it's KOTOR. Yeah. Those are the two. Nice. So Preaching to the Choir on both accounts, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, uh, I haven't played it in forever, but I believe the mechanics of that game are flawless, and I hope I'm right. <laughs> um, and that game... In you know, if you're going full on, full on, full on, give it to me in VR, please. Yeah, and, baby. Thank you. Because um, what the Battlefront demo did, you know, whatever it was three years ago, uh, I, I want that. Um, and then KOTOR, that story is so cool. I love that. Personally, I love that period of Star Wars, um, you know, the forever ago in Star Wars lore. And, you know, uh, that's Bioware to me. You know, that was Bioware firing at all cylinders i I would take jade empire too while we're talking yeah but if i had to pick two it'd be x-wing versus tie fighter and Kotor. imagine uh nobody talks about jade empire you know you don't hear anybody it's a great game game. yeah it's a great game um but imagine kOTOR looking like um resident evil 2 like that the quality battlefront visuals of that yeah or battlefront holy crap yeah yeah Unbelievable! Those would be mine. I would,
0: I would buy that. I'll fund. I'll help fund that somehow. Yeah, I, those are good. <laughs> you know, uh, I feel like I am gonna be the least interesting uh, one here because I am going with the first thing that popped into my head, and I kind of feel like because it's the Resident Evil two example, and um, Shadow of the Colossus is an example of these games that got the real, you know, full on redo treatment. That it it lends itself to games that are narrative based, and I. I think that's the spirit of the question, but I got to be honest. The first thing that popped into my head that I really want is SSX tricky. (laughs) (laughs) I want somebody to just re do put that on a awesome engine and just do it to the nines. I want that. I want that game. That game was so much fun and I want it to just be visually spectacular. Maybe you could make a new SSX. That would be fine too, but just redo tricky and do it with a better engine i i want that that would be amazing
1: yeah yeah it was a good time i loved all those ea big games yeah Uh, nba street fifa street i thought was a lot of fun tricky was great dude there was a a wakeboarding
0: game that i put so many hours into it was crazy you would like be pulled behind a boat like you do for wakeboarding and uh you would do all these crazy tricks and they had levels where you're like inside a flooded like in venice or something where it's flooded inside the a a city Mm -hmm. and you could jump off the sides of buildings and stuff. it was so rad probably if i played it now i'd be like this is terrible but i played that game so (laughs) much i don't even remember what it was called i think it was like wakeboarding unleashed yeah i think it's called wakeboarding unleashed anyway all right um this second quick question comes from jordan aslett who says uh what one game do you love that didn't get a lot of attention and you wish more people knew about it Aaron, do you have a game you wish more
2: people knew about? Oh, uh, Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really great game. There was actually three of them, too. So, like, there's a lot to discover. And, you know, they, they, it's been absent so long. So if anyone's missed those, I think they're worth replaying. Um, I think the second one is the worst one by far. It was kind of like a sophomore slump. Um, but the third one actually had, like, a really cool combat system. And, um, so yeah, like that legacy of Kane series is like, it's super solid and I'm sure like a lot of it doesn't hold up, but I think that the third one, uh, is called, uh, legacy of Kane defiance. I think that probably holds up fairly well. And I feel like that was like an Xbox original Xbox title that you could play on uh, 360 backwards compatible. So just go back a generation and dig out your 360.
1: <laughs> Love it.
2: Uh, Christian, do you have a game you wish people
0: knew more about?
1: This is hard. Uh, this is the type of question that tomorrow i will be like, I meant to say! Yeah, totally. You know, like, you, you always get this wrong. So I'll take the uh, cheap answer and just say the Dreamcast. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is cheap. That is a I terrible love the answer. I, I wish really more knew people knew about, know about the ben,
1: Dreamcast. Where you can play Legacy of <laughs> um, Pain and Soul
2: Reaver. <laughs> yes, <laughs> totally.
1: Yes, yes. And this one, people, I think that people knew about the game, and you and I have talked about um, being fans of it, and I don't know why... It it didn't hit harder than it did, Uh, but I think Infamous Second Son, it was a PS4 Uh, launch game.
0: See, that's a good answer.
1: That's a good answer. I think it's incredible. It's so good. uh, I think it still looks pretty. I played it, I don't know, probably three months ago now, four months ago. Um, Yeah, play that game. I'm sure it has to be cheap.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great. And uh, I'm excited for Ghosts of Tsushima, but man, I would love another Infamous game. (laughs) Those are those yeah. are great superhero games. They're super, There's superhero games that aren't, you know, a superhero you've ever heard of. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, for mine, I, my go-to on this question has for the longest time has always been, or at least the last couple of years has been hob, but I feel like I made a big deal about hob when it got released just a couple of weeks ago on switch.
1: So You're kind of a hob snob.
0: I am a bit of a hob snob. <laughs> I'm, I'm hob snobbing with the big wigs. Um, uh, and so maybe I'll say the uh, game that has already been mentioned in this episode once, and that is Hand of Fate. Hand of Fate's real good. It's real fun. It's clever. Um, you know, I don't. I don't think it gets the recognition it deserves. It's a. It's a really clever, fun, uh, smart. I mean, clever and smarter synonyms. So you get it. It's but it's really a, a cool mashup of styles, cool cards, storytelling inside cards, randomized storytelling. Uh, does so many novel things and it does them all p- pretty well. I mean it the the combat is like Batman action combat and that could be a little better. I think maybe that might be the only thing holding it back is that it doesn't sing quite as well as a as an Arkham game or as a Spider-Man, you know, on PlayStation 4 does. Uh if the combat was just a little bit, you know, if they had like a just a bigger budget for that, maybe it would have um uh, really taken off and been a big hit, but it's good enough that it makes the game really fun. And the other side of it, which is these, you know, you're sitting down with a tarot card reader type person, and they're leading you through this adventure that is randomized because it's cards that come out of a deck that is done so well. So uh, more people should play hand of fate and hand of fate too. Both are excellent. All right, next one. Uh, this one comes from Sir Bubblesworth. Sir Bubblesworth says, Film adaptations of video games are a touchy subject. We talked about one prominently in this episode with uh, Sonic. Uh, For most gamers, because uh, of the numbers of notable failures and disappointments we've gotten. But I'm interested to know what films Jeff Christian and guest would like to have adapted into video games. Sure, sci-fi properties like Star Trek and even The Matrix are easy targets and, in fact, have gotten their own video game treatments. But the advent of walking simulators... I myself would love to play something like Richard Linklater's before series where you're just in the heart of a couple of, uh, or head of a couple of characters getting to know one another and sharing life stories. Interesting. So I think the spirit of this question is what video game adaptation from a movie would you like that maybe doesn't immediately present itself because it's a big action movie? So Aaron, do you have anything like that you think would make an interesting video game? But maybe isn't obvious as a video game property.
2: Uh Harold and Maud. No, I'm kidding. Um I just wanted <laughs> I just want an Avengers game. Like can we please get yeah. like our Crystal Nymex <laughs> Avengers game? Like I know that's the obvious thing. But like, it's been so long and like we've had 10 years of Marvel movies and we still don't have a freaking Avengers game. Yeah, we literally had the
0: end game and no game. There's no game. I'm so
2: excited by end game. I just want to like smash things, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, hopefully this is the E3 where they'll unveil it because they have the big Square Enix. uh...
2: I mean, yeah, they have to. They have to. Like, what else do they have? They don't have anything else (laughs) Yeah, that
0: we know about. Yeah. So
2: hopefully it's this year.
0: Uh, but but yeah. yes, bravo!
2: I will play that. So uh, either yeah. Avengers or Herald Mod, yeah, either one, you know.
0: <laughs> All right, Avengers Herald Mod crossover game, which I'm into.
2: Um, Amazing! My tail tail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Christian, you have a you have a clever answer for this.
1: I, I mean it sincerely. So I think people. I needed to say that because if I just said it, people think you're joking. Um, I think there is an incredible like dating sim like dream daddy or something, or maybe it's even persona ask um, set in the twilight universe. I think Twilight, the, interesting thinking of like the Pacific Northwest and days gone. I I do like that part of the country. It's moody. It's atmospheric. It's part of why I think twilight was such a hit because it's like rainy and pouty. And these attractive kids are walking around not kissing uh, when you want them just to kiss. Um, it's got vampires, werewolves, like the the all of those things I think are very sexy and interesting. Is Twilight compelling. still a thing? It feels
0: like a thing 10 years ago. Is it still a thing?
1: I mean, it's still a thing, but is it as the, in the zeitgeist the way it was? No, of course not. Um, but I think it'd make it very interesting. I'd, I'd like to see it. I don't want the action game where you're running around defeating, you know, hordes of whatevers. I, I want the relationship, the dating sim, the, you know, maybe even Catherine-esque, mm-hmm. like something interesting with these characters i think persona would be the treatment i'd want to take for it kind of exploring those worlds and and, and playing up the camp and the, the you know the dating sim aspect of it i think could be could be really fun interesting
0: I, uh, i'm not there with you on that but okay fair <laughs>
1: enough um
0: mine is uh, one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years for sure and i think it would be a really compelling cool video game and maybe along the lines of kind of what you're talking about with like relationship-y, but with a layer of digital mystery, and that is her, huh. the uh, the movie starring Joaquin Phoenix where he literally falls in love with a digital assistant, and uh, I think it could be a really interesting thing of playing a game where you're sort of interacting with a fake digital assistant that you know you all of the game is basically the AI of, of her and how you interact with her and what what becomes of of that. And you go about your life, but you she helps you and develops and it evolves. I think that'd be a really cool, interesting thing. Uh, and I, I would play that. What was that game that I played a while back that was that wacky dating sim thing that like folded in on itself and became weird? What the heck was that called? That like – Japanese schoolgirl thing that like became it.
2: Oh, right, I remember you talking about it, but I can't remember the, oh, what was the name. the
0: thing called anyway. Somebody in the chat will know. Um, but kind of like that, I think it could be crazy.
1: Well, Frank and Thumbs had you in the chat. Doki doki. Yes, it's doki doki. doki thank you,
0: Frank and Thumbs. Doki doki literature club is the the full name of it. All right. Um, last one. This one from Aaron Suarez. Uh, he says, Quick question. What is the greater evil, unskippable cutscenes or health items not returning to your inventory when you die?
2: Aaron? Uh, unskippable unskippable cutscenes should be illegal. It's criminal. Yeah. I think
0: both of these are terrible. Uh, I think the only, thing, the only thing worse than unskippable cutscenes. Is unpausable cutscenes
1: mm-hmm. uh-huh.
0: and cutscenes where if you try to pause, you skip. That uh-huh. drives me oh, yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. When I try, I just want to pause. The, I push start, and it goes. Oh, you wanted to skip this, and we didn't give you a. Are you sure you want to skip this? <laughs> oh, I hate that so much. Um, but I also hate items not returning to my inventory when I die. So that I think that's the thing where you know you're in a big, prolonged cuts. The fight the boss and you use all your health potions and you still lose. And then it goes, back And goes, do you want to continue? And you go, yeah. And you continue and you have spent all those health potions. And you're like, well, now I'm definitely not going to beat this. Thing. If I couldn't beat it <laughs> with the health potions, now I have no
1: chance. Um, so both of those are bad. Christian, Uh, to your point about like the continuance being gone, like that's not continuing. If my consumables are gone, the boss's health needs to be where it was also. It's <laughs> uh, like, yeah, it's like do you want to try again in a worse state than where you were the first time in which you failed? It's like no. <laughs> like why why would you think I'd be able to complete it this? Remember last time when you were better equipped and still couldn't do it? Yeah. You're going to be worse off now. Good luck. Um to me it's yeah, it's it's what you said. Unskippable unskippable cutscenes and then that perfect trifecta of horror of not being able to pause but skipping but not telling you. Like it give me a little prompt like if I push start it's be like skip? Like you know, yeah. don't let me accidentally skip it. Um, right, yeah, but also you have to that. let me pause it. If I'm in a cutscene that lasts five minutes and
0: I can't pause it, you, that is the worst thing ever. Because uh, invariably, my wife will need something, or my kids will need something, or the phone will ring, or somebody will come to the door, and I'm like, I am in a
1: position I can't. It's untenable. <laughs> There's no way out of this. Yeah. That, that and checkpoint me. Checkpoint me after a cutscene. Oh, yeah. Like that's another part. It's yeah. like you die to the boss. Oh man, I died. Try again. Sure. Five minutes later, like, come on. I don't need to see it again. Yeah.
2: One, one good thing I can say about Days Gone is it does all of those things actually quite well.
0: All right. There you go. Buy Days Gone. <laughs> <We'll see what laughs> and right skip here.
2: the cutscenes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, that was quick questions. Thank you so much for sending those in. Again, uh, we need more of them. So you can send them to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or post them in our subreddit, 5 by 5 dlcredditcom all right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have our parting gift coming up, so stick around for that. But Aaron Morales, thank you so much for being here, sir. It's always a pleasure having
2: you. Thank you so much. Always a delight. I, I super am happy to be here every time.
0: Well, it is amazing that you quit your job just so you can that. <laughs> thank you. Uh, tell people where they can keep up with you and the things you do online.
2: Uh I'm on uh Twitter at Airline M and uh Instagram at the same if you want to see pictures of my cats or all the vinyl records I buy
1: every single day. So <laughs> nice.
0: Very cool. Uh Christian Spicer, what do you got going on this week?
1: Well, you might not know, but I'm raising money for St. Jude. Nice. Um you can find the link at christianspicer.com. They do incredible work. They share their research freely around the world to help cure and eradicate childhood cancer patients that go there in the U S um, or, you know, they go to don't cover any travel There's people internationally too, when they come, they'll cover, they'll cover all the costs of travel, medication, treatment, food. It's, it's, it's truly incredible. I'll be streaming all month to support them further on my Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. And you can find the donation link again at Christianspicer.com all the all of it goes to St. Jude. it's tax deductible. you can check with your CPA, blah, blah blah. Um, but it's it's wonderful and I'm so happy to be supporting them. And then if you're listening to this uh, Monday and happy to be in San Diego on Tuesday, I'll be headlining Lestat's Comedy Night in San Diego. I think it's three three four three Adams Avenue. Um, I'll be going down with Luke Schwartz and Bruce Gray headlining that show and that's the venue where I recorded both of my albums. it's a it's a wonderful um, awesome little theater down in San Diego, a little black box. It's just intimate and cool. And I love going down there and and performing on that stage where so many wonderful comedians have performed before that is Tuesday in San Diego at 9 PM. It's all ages, but the content I'm sure will include cursing and the like. Um, and I believe it is free to get into. So check it out.
0: Very cool. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. And as I mentioned at the top, I'm, Dungeon Master in a brand new live play D&D show called The Dungeon Run. And I'm really proud of it. I have put so much work into this and we invented, a, I invented a, an entire world. Uh, we have some amazing players, some amazing characters they brought in. People are already falling in love with them. I have never seen more positive YouTube comments. Uh, which is like <laughs> so weird. You know, they say don't read the comments, but I did and they're, almost overwhelmingly positive. It's great. Um, people love this show and I just want more people to watch it. Um, so you can watch it live on Wednesday nights at 6 PM Pacific time at caffeine.tv slash the dungeon run, or you can watch it on YouTube. Uh, it is on the caffeine YouTube channel. It, I put a link on my website, jeffcanada.com. So just go to jeffcanada.com. You can find it there, or you can listen to it as an audio podcast, which is a fun way to consume these things because they're real long and, it does sound like a, almost like an audiobook because it's a spoken story that we're improvising as we go. You don't have to know anything about Dungeons & Dragons to understand it. It's a lot of fun, and you can find that podcast version anywhere you get podcasts. So I hope you check it out. I'm really, really proud of it. Also, I do the Slash Filmcast when we talk about movies and TV shows. You can find that at slash filmcast.com. All right. Oh, and you can also always email us here. We love getting your feedback at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Alright, let's uh wrap the show up with our parting gifts.
1: Hey, give us a suggestion of what do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift.
0: Aaron Morales, would you have something to help people get through their week?
2: Yeah, my uh my favorite singer in the whole world is this French, Dutch, Israeli singer-songwriter named Karen Ann. And she just released her eighth studio album. It's uh, in French for the first time in like five or seven years. Um, I discovered her when I was studying abroad in like 2000 in France. And I have been obsessed with her ever since. And I've probably seen her like a dozen times. I just got to see her live at uh, City Winery here in New York City. And she played with a string quartet, and it was just like, a magical night of sitting there drinking wine and listening to like the most beautiful music you've ever heard. So, I would highly recommend her new album. It's called Bleu, and her name is Karen Ann K E R E N A N N. Yeah,
0: K E R E N. Yeah, uh, very cool. I just clicked on this. I uh, can't wait to listen to it. Um, very, very cool. Yeah, just I like, like just, just it's, it's heartbreaking
2: called... and gorgeous, <laughs> just like beautiful stuff. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's called Bleu. <laughs> uh awesome karen and uh christian do you have a, a parting gift for the folks
1: i do and it it sticks with this theme uh you and i were fortunate enough recently to go see the midnight live night um, before last the night before last is when we're recording this and uh had some you know important person treatment there which was thank you to them in the midnight and everyone it was incredible. incredible it was incredible um They have a new single out called America online that came out uh, earlier this month, the beginning of this month that I think is phenomenal. And having seen them being fortunate to see them live a couple of times now, um, this is going to sound like I'm exaggerating, but I I truly mean it. I think seeing the midnight play live with a group of friends is what life is all about. Like I, I it's, it's, it's an incredible experience. They're so amazing live. Yeah. And I love the message and the feeling behind their music and seeing that in a room of people. Um, it's it's beautiful. I think going to concerts in general is amazing because of that connection in the room, but having seen the midnight now a couple of times live, it's, it's, it's truly incredible and they put on a great show. So if you can find them, I know they're kind of wrapping up their U S tour, if not already wrapped, sorry, sorry, it's is late, but go see them, go see them live. They're, Absolutely phenomenal.
0: Yeah, and we've talked about The Midnight a bunch of times on this show, uh, but if you haven't yet just checked out their music, my goodness, what are you waiting for? Uh, Their latest album, Kids, is not only one of my favorite albums ever, uh, it's my son's favorite album. He's two and a half, and his favorite song is Lost Boy, and he always requests it in the car. Dad, Lost Boy. Daddy, Lost Boy. And uh, so, you know, it has a two-year-old's seal of approval. Uh, But also all of their music is incredible and yes, it was what an experience seeing them live. My goodness. Uh, so fun, so fun. So I'll second all of that. Uh, we also have a listener suggested parting gift. This was sent to DLC at gmail.com. This comes from Matthew McFerrin. Matthew says, I've dropped a small donation to your St. Jude's appeal. I hope you get above and beyond the $6,000 target. I've been in touch previously, but wanted to reiterate that our daughter actually had treatment from one of St. Jude's leukemia protocols, and the fact that they send their research far and wide for all to use is amazing in today's age of get what you can and screw the other guys. We're in the UK, and to know that the best and most current research is being sent to where it is needed most is so very encouraging and helps give hope where there is so little. I can't recommend your fundraising enough and would urge everyone to donate, if not to your campaign, then to something or anything at all related to childhood cancer. Cancer is something that deserves no place in our lives, let alone in that of a child. Anything to help combat this is surely worth a dollar at the very least. Perhaps as a parting gift, you could ask your listeners, followers, etc. to maybe skip that morning coffee shop visit and PayPal that charity they hope they never have to depend on. Whoa, that's powerful! <clears throat> uh, thanks to both your pursuits and to help people through their day, fundraising or podcasting, every little bit helps. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, powerful, and uh, thank you, Christian, for you know making this uh, part of our message on the show. I really appreciate it, and I'm, it bears repeating here in the parting gifts. All right, my parting gift uh, is a new show on Netflix that I'm uh, enjoying. My wife and I watched the first two episodes last night. Brand new show starring Christina Applegate, of all people, called Dead to Me. Really interesting show. Really, really interesting. It's kind of an hour-long uh, drama in the style of, you know, the breaking bads of the world. But it's a half hour. Not really something you see very often. It's that tone, that style, but half hour episodes. Usually if it's a half hour, especially in this modern age, uh, it is a comedy. This not a comedy. This is a a drama with really kind of... Creepy undertones. Very good. Very good performances. Really interesting. It's about a woman who's dealing with the death of her husband in a car accident and meets this mysterious stranger at a support group, and then things get weirder from there. Uh, I'm digging it. I recommend it. It's called Dead to Me. It's on Netflix. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Aaron Morales and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to all the folks in our chat room for hanging out with all of us live as it happens. We appreciate you. Uh, Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those bumpers. And thank you to each of you who download the show and listen. We appreciate you. We're grateful. Uh, We'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.